Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey there, um, Chris and Craig show, the Highwind Podcast. You might be sitting there going, where's Brandon? Well, well, Brandon has gone. It's been a rough past couple months for Brandon. Um, I talked to him the other day, Craig, and it's not just work. He's got some stuff going on in life. And uh, keep him your thoughts and prayers. Good guy. He's going for some stuff. I tell him, hey, when you're ready, there's a chair open for you. And he's not ready yet, but... Um, and if he's not ready for a while, that's fine. I mean, I love people who can come on the podcast, but, you know, it's kind of like, um, well, it's real life. You know, hey, if you're not ready, you're not ready. You know, there's other stuff is important. So uh, we'll hold the open chair, I guess, for um, Brandon. But, hey, I got Craig here. Yeah. yeah. How, how you doing, Craig? <laughs> Settling for me. I'm doing well. How are you? I know. <laughs> I'm the logic about Brandon. Oh, Brandon's great. He's wonderful. All right. We got Craig. And Craig's here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the same of everybody. So it's good. Hey, um, so what we're doing, we're, we're still interviewing people. We're still talking to people. We're trying to segment these segments more into Ohio and a pop culture segment. Just so we, we've got a plan going on. So, um, earlier we talked about Ohio, talked about football and COVID, uh, the Mike DeWine press conference. Wanted to focus a little bit more on pop culture and fun stuff during this segment. But I got to say, when we start out, I'm bummed. <laughs> Shocking news yeah. today. And I can't underline enough. Um, you know, sometimes celebrity deaths will say, oh, it's sad. And they're always sad. But I, I may not have heard that much or care about them personally. But I got to tell you, Craig, maybe it's because I'm a little older, but I was always a humongous fan, major fan of the comic Norm MacDonald. And I was stunned. I saw a tweet today, and I had to look it up because I'm like, this can't be real. Norm MacDonald died, which even saying it in a microphone sounds very strange. Uh, Norm was only 61, and apparently what happened is he was battling cancer for the past nine years. Now, Norm wasn't as active in recent time in comedy, uh, and I, I think we were finding out today why, you know, if he was fighting cancer. But he still uh, was active in touring, a uh, big Twitter guy. Um, he was in Columbus um, before COVID happened. And I'm kicking myself now going, dang, I should have went. Uh, he played the casino over here in Columbus. Yeah. I, I think that was his last known appearance here in Ohio. Uh, but man, he. I, I don't know, Let's go for his career because. Uh, well, well, first of all, Craig, before we start going for his career, uh, you're a little younger than I am. Uh, are you as familiar with Norm? Or 
Yeah. Well, well, oh, yeah. Um, I think obviously, you know, most people might know him from the Saturday Night Live gig. Um, but, you know, I remember Dirty Work. I don't remember if I liked it or not because it's been so long ago since I've seen it. But I remember that film. Um, I think I, I almost maybe more so remember him for his appearances on late night shows like Conan O'Brien. He always seemed to make a lot of stops by, you know, around there. And he was always a fun storyteller, just like a, this deadpan kind of unique style of delivery that you really just couldn't mimic. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't just, you know, impersonate Norm MacDonald. If you did, you were a great voice impressionist because he was a unique voice and the way his delivery was. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, I was equally part, you know, equally as uh, saddened to hear his, of his passing and shocked uh, to hear of his passing and, you know, um, you know, good on him for, for battling cancer for, for almost 10 years uh, because, you know, we, we see a lot of these celebrities, Chadwick Boseman comes to mind as he was battling cancer as well before his death. And you just never know what some of these people are going through and, you know, they, they still can put on a show and, and Norm was probably mostly doing acting wise was mostly doing voiceover work, but, um, you know, still touring, obviously, to, you know, to some degree. Um, but yeah, he was always fun on late night shows and he was fun on Saturday night live and just, you know, some of his scattered appearances throughout the world of cinema and TV. Yeah. And again, I know Norm wasn't the greatest comedian of all time. I, I just love the silliness. I love the, Meta, I mean, approach he had. I mean, he told some jokes and some no one got, and maybe the one or two people that honestly got really thought it was funny. I, I don't want to take all day with this, but I definitely want to because you know, we talked about Don Imus. I, I listened to him a lot as a kid. This one affected me, dude. When you talk about celebrity deaths, I mean, this hits hard. I mean, I like Don Rickles, it was sad to see him die, but this. Definitely. I, I mean, I'm. I don't know if I have any favorite comedians are actually alive anymore. It's kind of strange, but yeah. But let's quickly talk about some of the things he was known for. Uh, yeah, you talked about Saturday Night Live. Uh, it was funny. It was and it was interesting. Not everybody liked Norm Macdonald, and he literally got fired from Saturday Night Live because of um, his weekend update that he was on. Right. Um, remember, lots of jokes about um, OJ. I'm saying OJ definitely killed the people, and um, apparently it didn't go over well at NBC. Because if you remember, OJ was on their lineup. OJ was a uh, announcer for NFL games up until a couple of years before the alleged. I guess I don't know. Let's be safe and say legends or whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I, something happened. Right. Yeah. A couple people lost their life, and you know, some debate on. If he's civilly responsible or criminally responsible, whatever right. the case might be. Uh, but, no, he was great there. I, he, you know, you talk about, oh, the liberal media. Man, on Saturday Night Live, a lot of uh, conservatives don't like. He was ripping Hillary Clinton's friends pretty much. Um, you know, it, it was just very off-the-wall, strange humor. Um, he, he was great back then. You're right. And, Craig, I got to be honest with you. And yeah, you're all going to call me weenie or whatever. I'm never a fan of a ton of cussing and comedy. So some of these comedians, I watch their TV appearances like they're comedy. I, I save a lot of them on YouTube and everything. Norm was great on comedy. Um, I think back, he was on The View. I don't know if you remember this, Craig. 
he was on the view and he had some battles with barbara walters where okay. he pretty much said the Clintons are guilty of everything from white water to Vincent Foster. And, you know, Barbara Walsh being the classic newswoman was like, what the heck? She was all freaked out and everything. And I think they tried to ban him from the show because of that. But, you know, Norm, Norm was always trying to, you know, poke fun and everything. Um, he was a regular. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Conan. Lots of amazing appearances on Conan. Um, you've got to check out. Um, he was on once where he was um, the girl from Melrose Place, the blonde. I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now. Troy Spelling? Or... No, another no, one. I, um, I don't know then. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, she played a, a movie with Carrot Top. So Conan was talking about, you know, what's it like to play a scene with Carrot Top? And I got some new clip to the, like, a classic TV talk show moment because. Um, they were <laughs> um, the movie was um, chairman of the board B O A R D, and, and, and again this is during a interview where you're promoing the movie, so Norm gets in on it the whole time, ripping the movie and everything. Again during a promo interview for a movie, you never see this happening. So, because uh, like oh what's this movie called? And she's like oh it's chairman of the board. And Conan's like to Norm, do something for that, you little freak. And Norm's like, oh, yeah, it's probably spelled B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, very off-color at times, I'll give you that. But just amazing, amazing stuff. He, he told uh, jokes about how Andy Richter was gay. And how Andy Richter liked to have relationships with animals. I mean, just very off-the-wall crazy stuff. Uh, he was great in there. David Lerman. You might say, well, you know, Conan was a little bit out there a little bit. Lerman, probably, aside from Carson, probably the most well-known late-night comic of all time. Man, he was a Lerman a ton. And if yeah. you think about it, was he the last comic on Lerman before Lerman retired? I'm not sure. It's It seems like it's been so long ago that Letterman retired, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of, the, I, I wonder if he was, like, always for those late night hosts, like, always a staple, like, if they needed oh, yeah. a guest, they're like, well, if we need a guest, let's just call Norm McDonald because he'll come on the show and he'll be great, and I think that that's, like, the best, especially in late night, that's probably the best thing you can be, is be there and available and be really good, and he always killed it on on those shows, whether it was Conan or Letterman or whoever he was on, you know, he was always fun on Saturday Night Live. I always loved his Burt Reynolds uh, impression on, on yeah. Celebrity Jeopardy. He always had a lot of fun. It's just, you know, you, you kind of forget that people like Norm MacDonald exist because he's not always out in the public spotlight, especially probably from these last 10 years with his cancer battle. Um, but you, you, you kind of forget how funny and how great they really were, not just in their heyday, but overall as a sort of a generational talent and being able to to make everybody laugh and have this really fun dry deadpan sense of humor and be able to go on a talk show and be funny in a short amount of time have his own movie and be funny have his own stand-up comedy and be funny for an hour or two hours or however long his stand-up was or you know do his voice acting you know he played death on family guy which was fun he was always fun in that so it's just you know I just kind of feel like 
you know, it's it's a it's sad because you first of all he's still young, he's 61, and he was so talented. And even if the last 10 or 15 years you haven't really seen him much in the Hollywood spotlight, whether it's in shows or movies or whatever, you just kind of remember how great he was whenever he you needed him. He was great in a pinch. He always had material, and he was always very funny. And even when he didn't do the uh, news on SNL, he wasn't the greatest comic. I mean, he wasn't the greatest actor. Like, they would act on other scenes of right. SNL. But people loved him. I mean, Bob Dole, who's his 90s, he's still around. He tweeted out his condolences. And if you remember, Norm did a Bob Dole impression. That was just, hey, I'm Bob Dole. I mean, it wasn't even, like... <laughs> Yeah, I guess it kind of sounded like you know Bob Dole, but it wasn't a mimic. You know, I mean, Norm isn't a mimic of anybody, and everyone loved it. And Bob Dole tweeted a picture of him and Norm, loved it. You know, I miss you. I love that. Uh, Conan, I don't want to read a ton of tweets here, Craig, but Conan writes on Twitter today. I'm absolutely devastated about Norm McDowell. Norm had the most unique comic voice I ever encountered. He was so relentlessly and uncompromisingly funny. I will never laugh that hard again. I'm sad for all of us today. And I definitely, um, you know, uh, favor that. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of memories I have, Norm. Um, the, yeah, Dirty Work. Very out there movie. Um, <laughs> he plays um, Artie Lang, who, who was um, a, a buddy of his over the years. Um, they, they play, uh, they're trying to raise money for Artie's dad's heart. I uh, having some problems. And so they didn't know how to raise money. So they opened up a dirty work where they play tricks on other people for money. And it was it was great. Um, you, a lot of cameos, kind of like the Ab Sandler. You had like Chris Farley in it, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it just great stuff. Um, directed by Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget. Movie. I did not. I did not know that. And this was interesting because Bob Saget's got podcasts, like we all do, I guess. And uh, Bob Saget actually spoke on his podcast. A couple times about hey, we're thinking about a dirty work too. Now, uh, sadly, and no. I would imagine like he kept it pretty private. He had cancer. I'm wondering if someone like Bob Second may have known more because Bob was a buddy of his. You know, I I don't know, but it's interesting here that they were talking about dirty work too. I mean, there was a script around. I'll put it that way. I'm not sure if okay. anyone ever picked up on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, dirty work was fun. Um, well, yeah, the Norm Show. I don't know if you saw that, or I am a show called Stan Con Connors. Those were pretty funny. Um, podcast. Norm uh, did a show. Norm has a podcast. He did it on YouTube for three years. Uh, he had a comic on with him, and you get. Have you ever checked out the Norm has a podcast? I did not know that. No, Craig, it's. It's out there on the internet. It's kind of harder to find on YouTube, but you believe me, you got to check out. Um, okay. Super Dave Osborne, who sadly has gone, uh, he, he's passed for, for a couple of years now. Um, the first show, he had Super Dave Osborne. They just went back and forth with each other. It was very fun to listen to. Um, you know, we talk about how he um, made fun of OJ a lot. Remember Robert Blake, the man who was convicted yeah. for the death of his wife? He had one show where he spent 10 minutes talking about, man, we had Robert Blake on, but he had to cancel at the last minute. He talked about how 
wonderful of a man Robert Blake was, and then he started reading from Robert Blake's autobiography, which was fake. He held up his book was fake, but he was like, my life is a rascal, and what I did for love, and it was just so... <laughs> and this was after he, unfortunately, led, led to the death of Robert Blake. So he had to know Norm. It, it wasn't always on color. It was very strange, um, very... The moth joke on Conan is a great example. Google the moth joke. It was four minutes of him rambling with a dumb joke, but it was so funny the way he presented it. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, kind of sad in the end. Um, he did a Netflix show. It didn't last that long. And it kind of ruined his podcast. It was nothing like his podcast was. And he got in trouble. Honestly, Craig, uh, you look back at shows like The Office and everything, it was a different time. And Norm's humor probably wasn't 2021 friendly. Uh, he made a joke about Down syndrome, which I know he didn't mean, but that was just kind of Norm's way of telling jokes. He got in trouble for, about that. And again, his humor probably wasn't as relevant to 2021. But yeah, just a funny guy. Right. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm bummed out about that. But a lot of, I mean, if you don't know anything about Norm, check it out. There's millions of hours of Norm on YouTube. You can check it out for free. Uh, oh, the other, one other quick thing, and we'll, we'll, we'll leave Norm to the side for now. Um, in the early time of COVID, Craig, I mean, we all didn't know what was going on. There was a clip of Norm doing stand-up on COVID um, right when COVID started that came out. It was it was great. It, it just Norm deadpanning about how we're all going to die and everything. It, it, the way he presented it was funny, and during a real scary time, it was just humor about something that was really scary now, but especially back then, we had no idea what was going on. So, right. Yeah. Normal miss you. I'm yeah. This wasn't what I thought I was going to be talking about at the beginning of the day, but it happened. And Craig, thanks for letting me elaborate because I, I'm always a huge normal down fan. Yeah, no problem. So, Very all right. Cool. Well, other stuff um, in pop culture, maybe not as breaking, but we should talk about. Um, okay. <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, CBS, you know, we all have a reality shows. Uh, CBS, their uh, contribution to the summer reality shows was Love Island and Big Brother. Now, we've talked about Big Brother before. Craig, what, any thoughts on Love Island? Have you got to check that one out? I've actually watched a couple of episodes, or I guess I kind of watched sort of in the background. My wife was probably watching it more intently than I was, but I did watch a few minutes of it. Um, I got to tell you, though, I've for whatever reason, I've gotten into this kick now of just trash reality. Um, mm -hmm. I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago on a podcast, uh, some of the options out there. My wife and I last night were looking for something to watch, and I said, well, let's try... F-Boy Island on HBO oh, Max. Man. We started watching that where it's basically a bunch of ladies, men, and a couple and a bunch of nice guys getting together. And these three women have to choose between, you know, who they think's a guy that they can see a relationship with. And you've got to determine if it's a guy that's looking for love or not looking for love, essentially. Um, so, you know, we've gotten into this uh, this trash reality. And Love Island is sort of in that same sort of vein where they're just a bunch of beautiful people thrown into a beautiful location and basically told to fall in love essentially, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I mean, love Island, not too bad from what I've seen. Uh, 
Still really haven't ever gotten into Big Brother, though, but I know it's kind of been one of those staple shows for CBS for quite a long time now. So um, I think the future is probably bright for those two shows. As I think a lot of these network television shows, you know, these, these television studios are looking for the cheapest way to produce the most valuable content. And the cheapest way to do that sometimes is reality shows, competition shows, love shows, whatever. And these shows are right up that alley where you can pay. It costs peanuts to produce and you can get the advertising if you get a hit. It's so much more beneficial than, you know, trying to produce like a Law & Order SVU or all these other programs where you have to pay actors, you have to pay for sets, you have visual effects that maybe have to go in. Here you can just put a bunch of people, not even really give them any money, just say, hey, there's going to be a prize at the end of the tunnel and all these people will come do it for free and you can sell advertising like you normally would for all the other programming so it's a money it's a money grab for a lot of these uh you know network tv show uh, stations right if you think about this love violence and you're right it comes down to the money i mean yeah, you can say and go whoa what's the morality of this well it's cheap i yeah. mean you know sitcom stars they make could make up yeah. the million per episode yeah well you look at love island that show was on and i think this is ridiculous it was like on five times a week, which how do you keep up with that? If you're a that's fan, a lot, I mean, come on. That's yeah, I mean, that's, that's a huge investment. Yeah, and grand prize a hundred thousand. Yeah, now, now do they pay other contestants some? Maybe, yeah. but when your grand prize is a hundred thousand, and granted, you're paying people to film the show, you're paying the venue to right, rent right. the property, right? Yeah, so it's not. I'm sure this could be up to a million dollars in costs. I'm sure when you look at everything around. But if you think about it, for five shows a week, look at the content you're getting for the little money you're paying. I mean, I, I guess Bravo CBS. Yeah. Um, I used to get in the kick with DVR uh, Love Island try to catch up with it. Okay. I got to a point where it'd be on five nights, five nights a week. Yeah, and it's not like the football game where, hey, I love football. But I'll be honest, I wasn't watching every second of ever play intently. I had it on. I was listening to it. But I was kind of microtasking doing some other stuff at the same time. Right. Man, Love Island, you can't do that. You're going to miss this. You're going to miss <laughs> You're going to be behind the story. Yeah, at least yeah. football. I mean, I haven't seen going for six hours during the right. uh, Sewers and Browns games. But, again, that's one day. Yeah. Five nights I mean, a week, man. I mean, you know, that's, that's you got stuff going on. That's a lot. I mean... I can see why they do it because if it's if it's successful and they're getting oh, good yeah. ratings, it's a cheap it's a cheap time filler. Whereas you don't either a have to produce another reality show or produce another program that would cost even more money. So if you can have it five nights a week and it doesn't get stale for the audience, I guess more power to you. I don't know that that's easy to keep up with if you have it on five nights a week. Um, but you know, this has been sort of a year for me to watch a lot of trash reality oh, yeah. stuff because it's, uh, you know, you're, you're just kind of looking for palate cleansers. You're looking for stuff that's mindless that you don't have to worry about. You're looking for stuff that maybe is fun and it's easy to watch as a, like you said, you can do other stuff while you're watching it or listening to it to some degree. Um, you know, I watched F Boy Island. We watched, I think, the first four episodes yesterday. So we binged like the first four or five episodes. And they started poking fun at what I think is the funniest thing that goes on 
in all of these giant reality competitions where have you ever noticed you always have a pool of people on whether it's Love Island or Temptation Island on Netflix or F-Boy Island where you have no clue who some of the cast members are. It's not the, the main characters, which in F-Boy Island are the three, the three girls, but then you get sort of the cliques of people where you have like two or three or four guys for each girl. And then you have a bunch of like characters in the background that no one, no one even knows who they are. They actually poke fun at that on this F-Boy Island, which I thought was a really nice breaking of the fourth wall, admitting that these shows are stupid while still wrapping you into it, where okay. this one guy got sick and had to leave the show. And one of the girls, and this is like three or four episodes in, was like, who's that guy? And they had to like okay. show file footage where they would like like show this guy who was basically in the background of all these conversations that the two, you know, the meaningful characters, I guess you could say, were having with each other. And then here's this guy, you know, they blacken out, they white, you know, black and white everything else and put him in color to show like, yeah, this guy existed on the show. It's just a funny little like nod yeah. to how funny stupid that these reality shows are when you have like 25 guys for three women and you only get to know like five or six or maybe 10 guys out of that whole cast and then the rest of them are either eliminated or just background players until the end of the line when they're finally eliminated it's a, it's a, it's a fun show i'll have a review on it this week so everybody look for uh, f boy island review um <laughs> Trying to keep a family-friendly podcast number here. That's, that's why it's you know, Apple Island. Yeah, it's not the full award. No, man. <laughs> no, we had news for me. I don't want to out the guy that said it, but we had Edgar talking about local camping on F-Boy Island. They have three Ohioans. There yeah. are three Ohioans on F-Boy Island, yeah. Where else are they from? There's one from Columbus. Okay, There's yeah. one from Cleveland, and then there's one from Toledo. Oh, okay. And Cleveland and Toledo are still uh, into the, I guess, the finals or whatever you want. I mean, they're still in the show as far as the episode four or five, whatever we're on. Uh, and one of it, one of one of which actually was eliminated and then actually broke out of. Uh, I guess they called it Limbro, which is a jail for the uh, the guys that are not looking for the relationships in the group. Hmm. Uh, he broke out of this little hut. Uh, they made them basically live in, you know, straw and, you know, straw pillows and, and cots, military cots, because they're bad boys. So he broke out and went back to go get his girl, and she actually let him back into the house. So he's, uh, as okay. of right now, he's a finalist. He's from Cleveland. Yeah. Well, no, I, I just say this because I don't want out the others. So one of the, we did a story of one of the three men from Ohio, I'll put that way. Okay. And the one other wasn't sure what FYL meant. He was like, what's this <laughs> F boy? And, a lot of people are laughing, going, "You don't know what F boy means." Which uh, I, I feel ashamed even sharing that story. The horrible <laughs> things going during airs. It is a stuff. deplorable, stupid show, but you yeah. know what? It is. Well, it's exact. <laughs> first of all, it's exactly what you think it is. It's no different than any other of these reality competitions where everybody's going there to, you know, they're putting like right. the. 25 most beautiful people they can find on an island, skimpy clothing, bikinis, shirtless men. It's a recipe for sexual tension, and that's what these shows are all about, essentially. Well, but here's the issue I have. Okay, Craig, you and I are happily married, so we're not going to FY Island or right. Love, Temptation Island or, was it, Love Island? Yeah, Love Island. Love Island, Temptation Island, Too Hot to Handle. 
Yeah. They're all out there. They all exist. We're not so we're not going on those shows. But let's have more people look like you and I, Craig. Yeah. We we got all these like hot, you know, young men and women and yeah, I, I guess the argument's gonna be like, hey, you know, maybe that's why the show's got high range. You're looking at the hot men or women, yeah. whatever you're into, and that's fine, I guess. Yeah. But I, well, I want I want to identify with one of these guys. I, I can't identify with any of them. Yeah, well, it's like, and you know, like I said, I think I've said this before when we've talked about these, you know, over the top island shows. I'd love to see these people get like, you know, parachuted into like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and have to learn to love someone in Milwaukee when you don't have, you know, paradise surrounding you. You just have a normal city where you have to like go out on dates or whatever and and find love that way. It's easy to fall in love when you're in the tropics or in Hawaii or wherever you're at filming these shows as opposed to, you know, let's come to Cleveland, Ohio, and fall in love. Well, it's some parachute in the scenes. That's probably, that's well, a little weird. <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Have all these blondes parachuting in. The guy's like, whoa, the girls are coming in. <laughs> no, I I want Love Island 4, because the story we're referring to is a story saying, hey, you know, Love Island 4 looks promising for next yeah. year. Yeah. So let's start it out with being a social experiment, because in essence, that's what Big Brother tries to be. Uh, let's have four lumpy guys in the water sitting there waiting for the girls to come in. Now, Love Island, it's like this big platoon of people. Like, you start off a couple of characters, but they're putting all these characters coming in and going as a show. Right, right. Well, let's start with four lumpy guys. We'll have the host come and say, hey, who are you into? And then, like, shame the woman if they're like, up, oh, get out, guys. Like, you know, and then when the hot dudes come in, you know. Well, they kind of did that years ago with the. Uh... Who uh, what, what, I don't know I can't remember what the exact name of it but who wants to marry a millionaire or whatever with a oh. guy who's a plumber or whatever and or a construction worker and you know he made it sound like he was a millionaire even though I mean he cleaned up nice and all that he was a good looking guy but he you know he was, it was sort of a bait and switch that he was not actually a millionaire he was a normal regular Joe okay. so they kind of did that but yeah I think Dad Bod Island or you know yeah. Dad, Dad Bod Wisconsin or you know, something like that where, you know, you don't have the, the sexiest people in the world that are, you know, descending on the on the tropical island paradise where they're going to fall in love. But more so than that, they're just going to fall into the moment more more than anything. And let's say this for women, too. We're not being sexist. We're not like, okay, you know, the woman still better be hot. Let's have normal bods or whatever. Yeah, normal people, also, men and women. Yes. I also would make the argument here, too. We get these shows where you have okay, one of the girls is from like Chicago, right. you know, all they're all from different areas, which is fine. But how about this? Wouldn't it make more sense if you could get like the top end suitors in your city? Like mm-hmm. if you're from Chicago, as this one girl is, and she's dating someone, or she falls in love with some guy from Washington D.C. or from yeah. you okay. know Texas, logistically that doesn't work. It's not right. going to work. You know, you're going to exit the show and it's like you're going to try to make a long distance relationship work, maybe. Odds are it's not going to work. But what if Chicago girl met Chicago bachelors and she fell in love with one of them? And then guess what? They can go back home and live in the same city. There's no, oh, well, how are we going to make this work when I live in New York and you live in Los Angeles? If you have everybody that's like geared for them in that same area, at least it makes it, you know, and look, 
you're going to find good bachelors and bachelorettes in those big cities. It's not like you're going to be like, well, how are we going to find 20 men or 20 women from Los Angeles? You're going to find people. Pull a picture of the girl. You'll find people. Just go to a bar and say, who'd like to be on a show and try to date this? And then the, the you know, right, guys right. lined up. I mean, probably married guys. Like, no, we can't take any married guys. Come <laughs> right. on. You know? Yeah. yeah so I, 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 I agree. It's a logistical thing. Like, I don't think any of these relationships can ever work because, you know, too hot to handle. These people were falling in love. And one couple was actually from England. They, they kind of gravitated towards each other. But then you had one couple that was from, like, Seattle, Washington. And then the guy was from London. And it's like, yeah. how is that going to work ever? And it doesn't work, especially with COVID. But it, it just... Stuff like that never works. That's the, that's the one thing about reality shows, aside from the fact that they, you know, put them in the most beautiful setting ever, where it's easy to fall in love with someone when the sun's shining and it's 80 degrees every day and you can go to the beach every day. But they're also from different parts of the world. How are they going to fall in love and then stay in love if that's the goal? Well, and the other thing, let's talk about Big Brother. Big Brother's got the same problem. It's on three days a week. I don't know, Craig. I, mean, I said this before. There's a podcast I like, hosted by a former reality show contestant and survivor, where it's very funny and makes fun of them. So I enjoyed listening to podcasts. I'm like, I almost need to watch Big Brother so I get these jokes. So it, it's almost like I watch the podcast, watch the show based on podcasts. That's where I'm kind of at with both uh, Survivor and Big Brother. I'm looking forward to a new uh, Survivor season coming for a long. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, the Big Brother's making some news. They'll probably come back next year. Now, they give 750000 bucks this year to the winner. So it costs a little bit more than the other show. But, hey, you know, you, you get three shows a week all in prime time. I guarantee. Which you have to pay a sitcom. I, you know? I guarantee that that $750,000 is paid for within the first 10-minute commercial block. I right. guarantee it. That yeah, prize yeah. money is easily paid for by the first round of advertisements after the first ten minute block of show. Granted, it's not Brown Chiefs ratings by any means; it's a lot lower. But you're right; it's three prime time hours too. It's not right. you know six in the morning on you know governmental TV. I mean, and this clearly, is... clearly people are watching it, which means right. When they go to advertisers, they can charge a standard fare, uh, you know, a standard rate, or whatever, and say, "Look, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get eyeballs on the screen because people just suck this up and love it. They just love three nights worth of primetime shows of Survivor. So they go to you know Coca Cola, Pepsi, whatever, and they're just groveling for that that time slot because they know they're gonna get a certain amount of eyeballs every single year." every single night on those shows. Otherwise, CBS would probably scale it back a little bit if it wasn't doing what they wanted it to do. I used to have CBS All Access. It's now Paramount+. Plus. Yep. Adding to that is you can watch 24-7 Big Brother. Um, you watch, the, they've got cameras, and you can watch it. It's uncensored, so if they cuss, you hear that. I've tried that for a little bit. But you start to really take a good look at your life if you're like, <laughs> I spent 10 hours listening to a conversation between reality show contestant A and B on Coke. Because there's, there's not a fucking game, little gameplay discussion. 
But right. again, they're filling twenty four hours. They're, yeah, yeah. Greg, if you and I lived together, we weren't we wouldn't talk in that for twenty four hours a day. We'd yeah. we'd start talking about coke and the other silly yeah. stuff. So that's got to be a little challenging to fill in. I mean, some people probably eat it up because they just they don't care what they talk about, yeah. even if it's the most boring stuff. Because clearly, there's it's been defined that there's a niche for it. If if there wasn't right. a desire for people to watch twenty four seven Big Brother cams then CBS wouldn't go through the trouble of making that a reality. I mean, yeah, they're right. going to have the cameras out anyway, but at some point they've got to pay someone to operate, you know, whether it's editing, whether it's putting things together, promoing it, stuff like that, or putting graphics up, whatever they've got to do. They've, they've had to have paid someone to do some work on putting Big Brother 24-7 cameras up. So it's clearly watched by enough people to justify what they're doing. Face it, summer rerun season, you're not going to produce a ton of new programming, especially high price programming. Right. So you're making money on it. So unless Big Brother gets totally unwatchable, you'll have some form of it. Now, I will say what is kind of unwatchable, though, is Celebrity Big Brother. You see Celebrity Big Brother in England and some other countries. It's over in America. They've had two mostly forgettable years. They're coming back of. Uh, Big Brother 3, some of the message boards that I, I frequent to follow the show are really scaring me, Craig, because it, it's all YouTubers that want the show. I mean, you, you would sit there and think, oh, let's get a former NBA player, NFL player. All these people on message boards is like, oh, we need this YouTuber. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I mean, we're tipping our toe a little bit more on YouTube. YouTube. I mean, we had Brooks Holt on uh, a few weeks back. I respect and admire these guys, and nothing against Brooks Holt or some of these other people. I don't know if I want to watch them twenty four seven on a live cam. See, yeah. here's, here's what I'm thinking, Craig. I'm going to break a rule. We're going to mention a politician's name. Put Donald Trump on, and I'm not saying he was a great president or anything. You can love him, hate him, whatever. Man, if Donald Trump was on Celebrity Big Brother, do you know what the ratings would be like? Well, I mean, he did he did cover the uh, boxing match. Um, yeah, at Andrew Holyfield over the weekend. He and his son were guest commentators or something or whatever or additional commentators. I mean, yeah, you know, if you're gonna the thing about Celebrity Big Brother, and and I I, I will say that I've never watched Big Brother all that much. Maybe five ten minutes at a, you know, every once in a blue moon. So I don't even really know what Big Brother's about. I really have no clue how it works. Whatever. The only thing with Celebrity Big Brother is, is you're kind of getting, and I'm not saying that these people aren't, you know, talented people, but, you know, in that first season, I'm looking at the cast list. You know, they had Omarosa, they had Mark McGrath, Shannon Elizabeth, um, Anthony Scaramucci, uh, Lindsay Lohan's mom, Tom Green, Ryan Lochte. So you're getting, like, celebrity for some of them is, right. is, a, is a very loose term. They're former actors, former people that you may have may or may not have known, but there's sort of a reason why some of them are doing right. a show like that. It's like Omarosa or Anthony Scaramucci. You know, those are two people that, you know, you wouldn't know who they are if it wasn't for their 15 minutes of fame, so to speak, you know, in a previous life, essentially. But we haven't heard a whole lot from a lot of those other people. So it's it's Celebrity Big Brother just like it's like dancing with the stars where is it are right. they really like stars i mean 
some people are stars in their own right, but they're not well known to the public. Like if you get a great athlete on so on Dancing with the Stars, odds are a, a certain niche of people will know who that person is, but then the mass people that don't watch sports will have no clue. Like I, what Chad Ochocinco did Dancing with the Stars once upon a time, did he not? I think so. Yeah. Like that, like a lot of people know who he is in the sports world, but if you've never watched football, you have no clue who that guy is. So well, it's you know right. celebrity. These celebrity shows are really, and I'm well, not discrediting. You're people, right. Scraping the bottom of the barrel for people that are looking to re-enter right. fame and fortune. You, you're getting great B and great C stars, guys I on their way I up. Or even, I don't know if I'd even say B or C stars. I would say like C and D stars at the very best. Okay. I, and it's, again, it's like, you know, Mark McGrath had a great career for a short period of time. Shannon Elizabeth was, you know, sort of like the Phoebe Cates of the American Pie franchise. Everybody loved her, fell in love with her. But at the end of the day, they've kind of, you know, exited the celebrity status to some degree, whether it's, you know, just getting scarce an amount of work or maybe just not working at all anymore. And it happens, or if they they are in TV and movies, they're not main players. So you're not getting A and B levels. You know, Brad Pitt is not going to do right. Of course, with the Tom Cruise is not going to do Dancing with the Stars, at least not here in the next 20, 30 years. So you know, it's a great year. people to you know maybe they had fun listening to Mark McGrath sing years ago, or. You know, they're holding out for, for whatever athlete or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, you're not getting amazing stars. So it's 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 dancing with the stars with like an asterisk for me. Celebrity well, Big Brother with an asterisk. Or, or get a guy with a, or a woman with a C, a great CD level that can bring something to the table. Like Omarosa. Okay, she worked with Trump. Everyone's like, oh, what you going to say? And I remember watching that show, and they had – one or two segments where somebody sat down with Omarosa and said, ooh, tell us what it was like in the White House. Right. And probably the most unbelievable thing she said was, oh, it's really bad. And, and the <laughs> the guests asked the basic follow-up, okay, well, how bad? What are they saying? Oh, it's really bad. That was all you got. So even if it was somebody that was 10 times below Omarosa, have somebody that's willing to come in and say, hey, I'm going to tell you some stories, you know? I mean, bring something's going to provide some TV for me. Yeah, you know? I mean, you've got like, um, and I know you mentioned it at the top of this, where you know you got like you know YouTube stars and stuff like that. But honestly, there are a lot of TikTokers and YouTube stars that are probably more well recognized at this point than people like Omarosa, or maybe not Omarosa because she was kind of she kind of cut through different genres of people knowing her, but like. You know, Shannon Elizabeth was a was an it girl kind of actress in the late 90s. And, you know, the stars kind of fizzle out a little bit. And that happens to some actors and actresses. But would they know, would people know her now versus if you got, you know, TikTok star that has 500 million followers? Right. You know, so maybe there's war, uh, there's a, it's warranted to get those TikTok stars because as long as they want to do it, they're probably the more it person right now than some of those other celeb. Now, I don't know if they've announced any celebrity Big Brother cast or whatever, but you know they're working, and that's what sparked the conversation because there's all these people saying you gotta get these YouTube stars. But to your point, you gotta look at it. 
I've been checking out Mr. Beast videos. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. Uh, he's on YouTube. He does a lot of strange competitions to, for people to make money. Like you hide in a small city and tries to find you. and Whoever he finds last wins 100000 or something else like that. Right. I'm intrigued. We might have this guy on sometime. But if you look at it, like we were impressed by Brooks Holt. He had, what, 100,000 followers on Twitter, on YouTube or whatever it was. Right. Um, Mr. Beast has 69 million followers yeah. on YouTube. And so he's probably making tons of money. I mean, where he can give away money on his show. But secondly, if you've got 69 million followers on YouTube, you don't need Celebrity Big Brother. And I'll be honest with you, it, he does it in kind of a game show format. The videos are 15, 20 minutes long, where I, I can envision this being maybe like a summer NBC show, you know, you, you know, kind of those fun and games things they do. But if you've got 69 million YouTube and probably that money that you generate from the ads, do you even need NBC? But you know what, you know? though? What, what I think, I think a lot of people still are unsure of how the longevity of the TikTok slash YouTube career is. Yeah, like you, can make, you can make good money in that finite amount of time, but at some point you're either going to taper off and you're not as many people are going to care about you or the next flavor of the month and TikTok or YouTube is going to come along and either do what you do better or do something different that people like more. I mean, how many different trends do you see on TikTok, whether it's, dancing trends or whatever it may be or couples trends and i think that there's a you know there's a mentality and i don't blame it because it it makes a lot of sense of cashing in and striking while the iron's hot so for someone like you said with 69 million viewers or followers on youtube it may not make sense like well you've already got what you need right well nbc comes calling and says well we can give you a, an entirely new audience that may or may not know who you are, but will know who you are after appearing on our show. And that also may be a reason, too, why you don't see very many YouTube and TikTok stars, right. because most of the people watching that network television maybe aren't really watching that person on YouTube or on TikTok. So, but there's a, a give and take where maybe you can capitalize. Um, you know, like that TikTok star Addison Ray apparently has signed a deal with Netflix to appear in movies. And right. she's known for dancing on TikTok. That's it. She's not known for being a trained actor or anything like that, but they feel like there's a niche that they can, you know, expose. Both she and Netflix are exposing each other to get their money. She's getting paid for, for being an actor that's never trained as an actor, or whatever, being a TikTok star. And Netflix is getting someone that can bring in an audience, maybe, that really loves watching her do TikTok stuff. And now they can see her on Netflix exclusively. So it makes a lot of sense. And I think it would make sense, too, if NBC's like, you know, hey, we want to get a younger generation of people watching our programming. What's the best way to do that? You're not going to get uh, a young star. Like, you're not going to get Selena Gomez on Celebrity Big Brother. You're not going to get Ariana Grande on Celebrity Big Brother. But you could get YouTuber with 50 million fans that could It's a lot more sexy than Shane Elizabeth. I mean, I'm not saying sexy on based on their appearance, but if you compare it, like if we're in a pitch meeting and you're my boss and you say, Chris, 
give me the best YouTube people. If I bring to you, you know, well, no, if you say, Chris, bring me the best people for Celebrity Big Brother. If I'm saying, hey, I got this YouTube guy with six, nine million followers, or if I got Shan Elizabeth, you might sit there and say, hmm, for better ratings, maybe the six, nine million should be ranked higher than Shan Elizabeth. And you got to remember, too, you know, I mean, that was in 2018 when she was a cast member. So it was 19 years removed from American Pie right. where she was this sex symbol. Um, and the, a lot of people that probably watch Celebrity Big Brother are probably in her age group where they're in their, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s and above, maybe, or 30 to 60 or whatever the age bracket is that really definitely watches Big Brother. And maybe they would prefer watching Shan Elizabeth because they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember her from American Pie when I was a young adult. I watched that movie or wh whatever it may be. So maybe there's benefits to that as opposed to the YouTuber. But I almost think moving forward, you kind of want to have at least one or two of those content creators, right. you know, being in your in your cast, because I think it can help out. I mean, and you can't really argue that they're not celebrities when they have 60 million people following them. You know, it's just you can't say that. Craig, we don't have 60 million people following us. No. We're, we're a little under that number. Right? We won't say exactly how far under the number. We're hey, we're content creators. Pull us yeah. on the show. Yeah. Yeah. We can write about our experiences for USA Today. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, why not? We podcast. Maybe we can record a podcast in the house. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. Or we could podcast on the live feed since they had cameras all the time. All we got to do is look at the camera and talk. And here's our podcast. It'd be great. Absolutely. Right. Now, uh, I did not know this, but um, one of the contestants, and maybe I need to go back and, uh, and and watch Celebrity Big Brother, but James Maslow of Big Time Oh, Brothers. yes. Please, please. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> he was a cast member in that first season. So, wow, what am I doing? I got to go back and watch. Yeah, binge the whole series. How could uh, I have missed that? I don't think James Jasso got that far. I remember hearing about him, but he wasn't a, a integral part of the season. Right. He well, was the guys a in the back. Yeah. They had a Broadway actress, Marissa Jarrett Winokur. I've never oh, heard she of sucked. her. She um, sucked. I, I didn't like her on Miss Columbia was on there. Yeah, um, I forgot about her. Uh, Omarosa, James Maslow, Real Housewife, Brandy Glanville, NBA player, Metal World Peace, of course, Ron Artest, uh, actress Shannon Elizabeth. So, I mean, you know, if they're going to get nothing against Broadway, I'm sure she's a very popular actress on Broadway, but think of it this way. If they're getting a Broadway actress, I guarantee 69 million people probably don't know who she is until Big Brother debuts and people watch it and get to know her. They, they swung and missed on Metal World Peace. I think they were hoping for Ron Artest's vintage Malice at the Palace, where he was going to come in and well, beat Chuck up on Liddell people. Was, yeah, Chuck Liddell was on there. Maybe they were hoping a fight between he and Chuck Liddell or something. I guess. Chuck Liddell was the same. They were very... like I'll put it this way. When I come to the NHL for a year and a half, you always get the idea, oh, what's it going to be like interviewing a fighter? Oh, they're probably growling at you. They're probably saying crazy things. The fighters... Yeah. That I interviewed, um, I would interview Derek Dorsett. I don't know if you remember him. He played for the Blue Jackets, played for the Rangers. Kind of a fighter. He scored some goals from time to time. Oh, Jared Bull, a famous uh, Blue Jacket. Nicest guy's interview. I was actually a little nervous walking up to him. And they were like, yeah, Derek Dorsett's soft-spoken. I mean, you think Derek would be like, hey, you bad guy. You know, he just 
I think he called me sir. I'm like, dude, you're a fighter. Why are you calling me sir? He's even threatening me. It's, it's now, tough. now, even now, even though you're not a huge fan of of Celebrity Big Brother, do you have like a Dreamcast? I'm looking at potential hmm. Dreamcast on this uh, show, on this uh, sort of this blog. Do you have anybody that you would love to see on Celebrity Big Brother that has not made an appearance yet? I think Trump. I'm not a huge fan. Okay. But, but I, I think Trump would be compelling TV. And you, you'd say, why would he go on that? I mean, hey, he doesn't have Twitter or Facebook. Just think about that. Right. He, he, uh, he, that could be a social network for his fans. And for CBS, right. if that meant 80 million fans, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, that's it, true. I mean, here's um, a, well, who's the other list? It's well, not more than Trump. There are a couple that maybe stand out on this list that I'm looking at. Okay. Um, Mike Tyson. Okay, I'll Boston. watch that. Would you watch it for Mike Tyson? I don't think I would watch it for Mike Tyson. I don't mind Mike Tyson. Well, I shouldn't say that because he's done some bad things in the past. I don't have anything against Mike Tyson's career in Hollywood. Like, he was funny in... Uh, the Hangover movies. He seems well. well let's put it this way: his time, and he's turned his life around. So why not? I don't know that he's worth watching it for me. Well, we'll put it this way: they, we're not endorsing anybody. We're not endorsing their career and their lifestyle choices. Right, right. I'm just saying, like you know, former President Donald Trump. If he's going to be on Big Brother, you almost have to watch it, no matter what you think about him. We're not endorsing him or anything. I think Mike Tyson. Now, Tyson would be like Chuck Liddell and Ron Artest. You're thinking, you're not going to have Iron Mike. You're going to have his, I mean, he's kind of self-deprecating. He's silly. I, I mean, you're going to have to really pick a fight with Mike Tyson. I mean, he's just going to be nice and considerate. So who, who else have we got? Okay, now this would almost go hand in hand. I don't know if this would be legally possible, but this oh. could go hand in hand with your uh, Donald Trump thought. What about Stormy Daniels? On Celebrity Big Brother, Stormy was on. She played herself on Saturday Night Live. In theory, you would say yeah, yeah. But I think in reality, I think she would be practicing her line even without Trump on the show. It'd be like, "Ah, oh, I was with Trump," and she'd probably play for laughs. But after that, she had nothing else. Wait, wait, she. But she had one or two lines. This would be, though, maybe if both people were on it. So, like, let's say she and Trump were both there. So, (laughs) I'm sure Trump would have some. She could have some quick stories to tell, perhaps. But if she and Trump are both on there, just imagine going back and forth between those two. Or, or you would you probably imagine? want that. You would every the twenty four seven cam oh, would probably be just blowing up with ratings because everybody would want to see how what they if, interact with each other, both on the show and when you know behind closed doors, so to speak. And, and what happens if all ill will is gone? What if they make up? And I'm not looking for Trump to ruin his marriage, but what if Trump and Stormy Daniels gets in a showman's? Oh, I mean that's uh, big news. Now Big yeah. Brother's on the front of you know probably every newspaper in the country, the world. Well, uh, that would be interesting. That would be an yeah. interesting scenario. I mean, well, apparent. Well, in this, and like I said, I I do not watch Big Brother, so I don't know much about it. 
but you, right. you want to partner up, right? You want to get like friends in the house yeah. that like you're, they, you, you the, have a wine. It's like a clip. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, at the very least, maybe they make up and say, in order to win the, the 700,000, whatever the prize money will be at that celebrity or whatever it is, maybe it's a, I, I don't know if they give prize money to Probably charity. Yeah. I'll do or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, what if, you know, what if there's a, uh, that you know maybe an alliance between them at the very least maybe a a, a showman's as you said but uh you know it might not be a bad option i mean uh okay. i i think uh you know the, but you got to look at it too like you want realistic contestants like right. you're not going to ask you know like we said brad pitt you're not going to ask right. brad pitt for celebrity big brother but you know you could ask stormy daniels you oh, know yeah she would be a potential contestant on a show like that. Why would Stormy Daniels say no? If I if we reach out to Stormy, what what she have going on right now? I mean, Stormy would probably be on the podcast next week. Can we ask her? I mean, if you right. really want to be honest, yeah, right. I mean, there might be, uh, you know, and like I said, I don't know that you win prize money or whatever. Maybe it's just for charity, but yeah, I think it's a charity. Deal. As a celebrity, though, part of doing that or dancing with the stars, you know, doing one of those two shows is it, it promotes your brand. And if you're trying to get back into the spotlight, what better way to do it than on national television in front of, you know, millions of people that might watch that show. So yeah, yeah I mean, perfect for her if she's, or, you know, some of, some of these people that, you know, just want to get back into the limelight, it's the perfect opportunity for them. Well, and I think if you go politically, you almost have to have the other side. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, equal uh, time on prime time. I mean, you, you'd almost, I mean, Biden wouldn't come. He's a president, but right. you, you almost um, have to have Trump and Clinton or something. I don't know. I mean, what if we did in Ohio, and maybe this could be a different, a separate show, oh. a separate show, like where we do a ranking show again? Maybe we should do either now or maybe just off spitball on here on potential Ohio Big Brother contestants, celebrity Ohio Big Brother contestants. It's I all. Would, go ahead. I, I gotta stop you because this could this could be a show idea. We we're talking about show ideas. Yeah. Uh, Brant Steel. It's just a simulation website. It will simulate seasons of Big Brother and Survivor for you. So if you really want to re-simulate a regular season, that you can do it. Okay. There is an option where you can type in your own names. And it's not just Craig or Chris. It's you can type in Bill Clinton. You can type in Donald Trump or whoever you want to type in. And you give them ratings, and they'll simulate the season for you. We've done that before in the show okay. a couple of years ago. Maybe we do that again with just Ohio people. I'll be up for that. I think the first name that I had thought, you know, maybe we could do a ranking list on this at some point when we need to fill some time. But uh, what about Amy Acton as a as an Ohio celebrity Big Brother contestant? I gotta send you a link for the show. I'm it, I, I'm not poop on the idea. It's a good okay. idea, and we've done it probably last year, like a year and a half ago. Okay, so we're we're primed for doing it. Now, I'm, Craig, we could talk for the week about what we're going to talk about next Wednesday. I mean, we could pick our players next as early as next Wednesday. I'm up for the idea, but I will send you a link. We okay. did one. Um, where it was based on people that we've talked about in the show. So Amy Acton was on, Mike DeWine was on. There were some people not from Ohio with just the goofy stories we covered. But let me send you a link. Check out the show. 
And yeah, I'm up, I'm up for doing it. I'm not I'm not saying let's not talk about this. We could be up for it, but maybe this year we you gotta have some tie in Ohio. Like we're not talking about somebody else. But yeah, and we did a Mason Survivor. I'm up for it. So good idea. Cool. Hang on to the idea. Right. Um let's do this. There's two quick things I wanted to talk about. Well, one quick, one that might take a few minutes. Let's do that before we go. Um Craig, I just bring this up. Uh, our friend Dan Tierney is not on the podcast tonight, but man, he better start praying for Phil Collins. Did you see that story I sent you? Phil yeah. Collins cannot move a stick right now, which right. I, I mean, I'm sad for Phil Collins. I'm not going to sit here and make fun of Phil Collins for this, but I mean, you know, Genesis, I, I mean, Genesis is Phil Collins. I mean, I know the other guys, if you're a fan, you probably like the other guys too, but that's a recognizable name. What's going to happen? Yeah, and, and that was we talked a little bit about that with Dan Tierney. Uh, he's got the tickets for the what December concert right. uh, in Columbus for Genesis uh, going on tour. So let's hope uh, let's hope that Dan can can see Phil Collins at this concert. Let's hope hope for him. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know that you can find one person that doesn't like at least one of uh, one song that Phil Collins has yeah. been involved with. I mean, whether it's Genesis or just by himself, whatever it may be, someone's got, I mean, in the air tonight or Susudio, you got to like something from Phil Collins. Well, our heroes are getting older. Let's just say that. If you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, people you liked growing up are getting older. Uh, we start to show up talking about Norm McDonald. It's, yeah. I still can't believe I'm saying Norm McDonald died today. It just sounds, yeah. it sounds very weird to say. But our heroes get older, and same thing with Phil Collins. So I don't mean that to make fun of Dan or Phil Collins. I hope for the best. It just kind of saw me a little bit to yeah. reading that after, you know, uh, hearing about Dan trying to see Phil Collins. I, man, I'm not sure what it's going to look like if he can't perform. You know, uh, what, is it the other guys of Genesis and Craig playing drums? I mean, that could be tough, uh, Craig. I'm, I'm not, maybe someone will ask for a refund. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I don't know. Hey, let's end with this. We always like talking about food, and I'm curious about this. Taco Bell is um, doing a promotion in Arizona, a test, which, you know, if it goes well, they might roll out to the rest of the country. Um, it's kind of like a Taco Bell pass where, you know, it's like Netflix. You, you pay your money for Netflix each year. You get a month of Netflix. Now you get a month of Taco Bell. But, Craig, we're bigger guys, so we're going to eat more tacos than, you know, my our wives or kids or whatever else the case might be. But this gives you one taco a day. First of all, are you really going to go to Taco Bell every day for a month? And secondly, yeah, it's on apps. So they want you to buy more stuff. I mean, this isn't, right. but really, one taco, Craig. Mm. My wife eats more than one taco. I mean, your typical, um, you know, Taco Bell promotion is three taco meal. One taco seems not, not like a lot. I mean, that, that's a snack for a lot of people, right? Yeah, I mean, so basically, in addition to the five, I guess it's between five and ten dollars uh, for this monthly pass. You know, you're going to be spending other money to get other items off the menu. So, yeah, I, you know, I think there's a, a way to make these things kind of work. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, 
I don't know if it's either Panera or Starbucks or someone that has like a monthly coffee thing where you can, right. you know, purchase a, you know, $10 a month coffee membership and you can get a free coffee or a coffee within that membership every day. Um, yeah, you know, food's hard because you're kind of assuming, I guess, maybe, or maybe they, they're not assuming, maybe they're just looking at it as a nice cash grab but you're kind of assuming that people eat like one soft taco or one Doritos Locos taco, or there's a crunchy taco Supreme. I mean, I just kind of look at it like if you go there a couple of times a month, I mean, some of these items are probably a dollar or two. So I guess if you wanted to go there like every day, just for a free taco, just to get your fix, I suppose, then maybe it's worth it. But if it's one of those things where you're hoping to get meals out of it, yeah, I don't know that you're going to get meals out of it. It's a good deal, though, because my wife's telling me, I'm not a Taco Bell fan, so uh, my wife would love hearing this story. But, um, you know, Taco's over a buck. So if it's eight bucks per month, and I know it could be anywhere between five and ten based on the restaurant. Even if it's ten bucks a month, you're getting over 30 bucks worth of tacos for 10 bucks. So the price point seems to be okay. I I just hope, like, okay, Pizza Hut, let's say. I mean, you know, Pizza Hut needs to have more customers come back to it. So if you said, let's say your pizza's 10 bucks a pizza. So you say you get one per week instead of 40 bucks, 30 bucks. That might be worth it if you're down with Pizza Hut Pizza. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because at least know, I'll fill you and or your family up. You know, I think this is sort of the wave of the future. Um, you know, movie yeah. movies have done this, where theaters have offered. You know, Movie Pass used to be the big thing, where you would ten dollars a month and you could watch. I don't. I, I think it was a movie a day, or maybe a movie a week, or whatever. But it it really did pay for itself. Now I think it was too cheap, and that's why it kind of failed. It just collapsed on itself. But I know AMC theaters do this, especially if you're around an AMC theater where you can get like, I want to say they have a Stubbs pack where if you pay like 15 bucks a month, you can see like two or three movies a week. Um, you know, Cinemark has stuff like this where you can roll a ticket over, but you only get one ticket per month and it's $10, but then you also get some uh, concessions uh, discounts. But at my theater in Cinemark and Sadusky, I can get a ticket for less than $10. So the deal is only good if you get like the extra popcorn and stuff like that for a discount. So I think this is sort of the wave of the future where people are going to want to, because you want to kind of like strengthen your brand. And part of strengthening your brand is making sure that people come to your brand every day or a couple of times a week or at least a few times a month. It's no different than what we do in the news industry where we want people to, you know, subscribe to our newspaper and we want people to to know that when they subscribe, they're more likely to come back and read as opposed to just kind of jumping in, at, you know, from story to story. So I think this is sort of the wave of the future. I don't know that companies have found the right niche, though, as far as how it all works out to the benefit of both them and the customer, because one taco a day is great, but you're not going to make a meal out of it. So it would basically be like a quick snack, maybe on your way home from work or something or whatever, as opposed to, yeah, let's eat, let's eat Taco Bell dinner every night, which you shouldn't, but that's kind of the goal. Is it not for Taco Bell right. to say, we want you coming to dinner or lunch every day to Taco Bell, because 
we want this promotion to really enhance our brand into your eyes and say, I want Taco Bell now because I can get a free taco or a free meal or something. Well, think of this too. Even if you sit there and go there every day and you sit there and say, man, I'm thirsty. I love a diet Pepsi or whatever they got with it. Even by buying that, now you're paying eight to 10 bucks for the monthly membership. You're paying a buck 50 extra for a drink. And if you say, ah, I want a couple more tacos. I can bring home my family. You're paying more. I mean, right. we, we originally are talking about 5 to $10 deal, which could turn out to be a $50 deal a month. Right. But I guess it depends on how much you spend each month on Taco Bell each week. I don't know. And that's that's and the so, goal, though, of these, of these places where they want you to either forget about it and not, you know, like they want you to forget that you have a subscription to their taco pass or whatever or their coffee pass or whatever right. it may be. And then they earn off of that like they know that the ten dollars a month like if i don't know if it's starbucks or panera somebody does a coffee pass which you know if you pay the ten dollars a month and you get coffee every day that's a great deal for you as a customer especially but if you don't use it for six months it's great but deal you, you give them you, free money yeah exactly if you forget to use it or if you're like eh, i don't really want any coffee today or i can't get coffee today or i don't have time that's when they start profiting off of that pass right and Taco Bell would, you know, odds are a person is not going to think to go to Taco Bell every day to get a taco, even if it's just a quick snack at lunch or a quick snack before they go home or whatever. Most people are just going to make, I'm tired this day, or I'm rushing home, or I don't have time to eat lunch, or I don't have this time or that time. And then by, by the time you realize that you've gone two weeks without getting your free taco, and basically you need to go every day the last week of the month to make up for it, to validate the fact that you've got a $10 a month pass. Definitely. Well, lots of good stuff today, Craig. Uh, we got a lot to promo, so let's try to do this real quick. Um, some of the stuff, other stuff we've got on network. Um, I know it's not technically on network, but we definitely encourage you to watch this or listen. Uh, Behind the Steel Curtain podcast. Um, myself, um, Joe and Paul that you hear on, uh, we're part of that now. Um, we bashed Buffalo last week, Craig. Uh, on the actual show, we didn't say Buffalo's like Afghanistan. I did bite my tongue for that part. But we said a lot of icky stuff about Buffalo that I think went over well. Congratulations to Behind the Steel Curtain Network. They set all-time podcast download record on Monday, the day after the big sewage win. Um, I'm sure we had something to do with it, but I tend to more think that after a big sewage win, you're going to get more podcast downloads than you did. It's a lot. Right. So whatever, but we're happy to be part of it. Uh, this week, uh, tomorrow night we're recording, we're bashing Las Vegas and the Raiders because the sewage play the Raiders. Um, Craig, I got to put together a list tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm showing the editor of Behind the Still Curtain podcast. Because we kind of tend to get a little crazier on that show. And I want to make sure that we don't do anything that's going to cancel the network yeah, or whatever. So That would be a good idea. Yeah, so I, I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm kind of tired right now. Um, what else we got? We might actually bring back. I know I promised to get serious content off our Ohioan. We might bring back a quick game recap. I'm talking about that with the guys. It'll be one show out of 10 each week. So calm down if you don't like the sewage. You don't have to listen to that one. It'll be fine. Um, we also are going to talk about, ooh, uh, Craig, a story in Canton today. 
a guy half naked who robbed the house in Canton. He slipped in the swimming pool and oh. he ran out with a pair of the family's underwear. Very, very weird. But we talk about weird stories on an excited show. We're looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, also, Craig and I talked earlier tonight uh, about Ohio stuff. We talked about uh, it turned out to be a very long <laughs> summary of the NFL first week. But, hey, it's fine. We're, we're, we're growing into it. It's all good. Don't worry about it. And what else we talking about? Oh, DeWine and uh, latest on COVID-19 and Amazon. They're hiring a bunch of people online. So check that show out. What else did I do this week? Oh, tomorrow I'm going to be talking to Laura about Frasier. Um, we talk, I know last week we talked about uh, Frasier uh, grappling with death. And I um, can't remember what we're talking about next week. But if you like Frasier, check it out. Talking to Craig about the possibility of bringing back the Seinfeld podcast, too. So all kinds of fun stuff going on there. Um, also, uh, ads. Check out our advertisers. That's what helps us. Uh, Chase Bank. Sign for account from there. Click on our link. Uh, choose direct deposit. You'll get paid. We'll get paid, too. And Ashley Homestore. Furniture shopping. Check out Ashley Homestore. I'll give you a discount and make it very easy for you as well. And check out our subscriptions. If you don't want to pay money, click free subscription. We'll give you an email reminder every time we put out a show. And if you'd like to help us out, um, you can do a one-time donation or a monthly donation. Uh, we'll help you. We'll let you advertise whatever you want to advertise. But it helps us, you know, just it's a little thank you for all the content we're giving you each week. I'll put it that way. Uh, Craig, what's coming up for you? Tell us about the shows that you did this week and you are doing later this week. Yeah, well, I've got a couple of uh, some reviews going on. The, the Emmy Awards are this uh, coming Sunday, so I got a little preview of, of what I'm hoping to see. Hoping to see some wins for Ted Lasso, Mayor of Easttown, and Axe, some of my favorite shows of this year. Um, looked at some of my favorite college football movies out there uh, as well. Oh. Obviously, it's college football season, so Rudy makes a, an appearance uh, on my list and uh, give you uh, all the listeners out there options of where they can stream some of my favorite football movies. Um, and then, of course, this week, uh, we'll be getting together with George on Thursday, but we're kind of trying to still hammer down some of the things we'll be talking about, some of the movies he'll review, and uh, some of the discussion topics as well. Uh, on Monday, we uh, I talked to Bob uh, Garber, our New York City film critic, uh, he had some new movies out, one of which was Malignant, which you can see in theaters or on HBO Max right now. And uh, Bob actually uh, actually liked it, the, uh, the horror movie uh, that he says you have to see it. You just have to see it because it is bonkers. It goes crazy. So I take Bob, uh, you know, I take Bob seriously, and I'm uh, definitely going to check that out. You can watch it on HBO Max if you do not want to go to the theaters. So tons of content out there for pop culture lovers, uh, movie fans. Uh, you know, obviously George and I talk a lot about uh, movies and then just the industry in general. So uh, always excited to talk to, to George, even though he does have that busy schedule with the Cleveland Browns and Akron Zips. So always fun to listen to George and read his reviews in the Akron Beacon Journal. Very good, Craig. Um, anything else we should talk about before we close out for the night? No, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of ground tonight. Very good. Very good. Well, Craig, let's end for tonight. I got to talk to you for a minute or two afterwards. 
we're trying to figure something out and we'll share more if it ever comes true. But I, I, I got a, I, I'm baffled by something. So I, I want to talk to Craig about for a minute or two afterwards. So, but for you guys, thanks for checking out the show. Share with your friends. Please check our sponsors. Um, and we appreciate it. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.